everybody. Welcome to another episode, episode 66 of the Canberra Football Show, round 20 review. Getting It's getting very hot in the season now, Michael. We are nearing the end. Uh, only one more round left to go of the regular season after this. First of all, how's it going? And uh, a lot to get into today. A lot of uh, interesting results, a lot on the line in the coming week. Yeah, most certainly a lot of interesting results. There was a lot that happened over the weekend for numerous teams and what it meant for sort of their, you know, chances for finals and avoiding relegation and whatnot. So, I mean, there was plenty to play for over the week and, and uh, I mean, we're all going to, you and I are going to dissect all of that, you know, in a moment's time. But I mean, it's such an exciting part of the, of the season, Matt, you know, like you mentioned, there's one, round left of the regular season before we sort of get into that finals fever stage of the sort of calendar year. So looking forward to it very much, but firstly, we'll sort of, you know, we, we can't look too far ahead. We've still got one more regular season round to go before we even start to think about and talk about finals. And we don't even know which teams, you know, are cemented in, in, in finals for each of the competitions. So a lot to play for over the next couple of weeks and it's going to be very entertaining and I can't wait to sort of see what the outcome will be. And we're kicking things off, Matt, with uh, some MPL action. The, our first match was West Canberra Wanderers at home. They played host to Gungahlin United, but it was just the visitors who were too good on this occasion, scoring all of their four goals, Matt, in the first half of play. Namoski grabbed two Roberts grabbed one and Habdemarium grabbed one. He scored the fourth goal for Gungahlin in what was a dominant win uh, for them, Matt, in, in this contest. You know, it was a very good first half display from Gunners, exactly what Marcel Munoz would have wanted from his team, sort of coming out and stamping their authority in the way that they did in this match. Uh, they gave West Canberra not even any sort of time to breathe or settle into the match at all. And, you know, the the scoring started with uh, Mishko Namoski, you know, giving them the lead uh, with a sort of like a beautiful sort of dinked finish over the, over the keeper. We've seen him do that a couple of times uh, over the years. Uh, so he certainly got that finish in his locker. And then he was able to score his second goal and his team's second 11 minutes later, sort of just a nice, sort of worked move by Gungahlin working their way forward. They play the ball sort of to the byline. It's cut back and Namoski sort of made a really good run there towards the 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 six-yard box to tuck the ball in and make it 2-0. So obviously at that stage, it was going to be a very sort of hard ladder for, you know, West Canberra to climb at that point in the match. And, you know, it, it only got a lot harder as Roberts scored two minutes after Namoski got his second. So it was three nil after 24 minutes of play in this one. And again, it was just a nice through ball sort of over the top of the West Canberra defense. And he actually, Roberts did really well to sort of finish that across goal with his left foot to make it three nil. And lastly, it was Sam Habdemarium putting the finishing touches on an excellent, you know, first half performance, like I mentioned before, Matt, you know, a, a great header from Tom McLaughlin's cross. I don't think you would have expected, you know, Sam Habdemarium of all people to pop up in the box with a header, but it was a great sort of flicked uh, header towards the the far post. And 
it found its way into the back of the net. So only credit to him for being able to produce a finish of that quality. And what this means for, for both sides as a conclusion of this result, uh, Gunners obviously still remain in second place. Uh, they're five points ahead of Monaro, who are in third. And for West Canberra, even though they will be very sort of disappointed with the effort and the outcome of this match, obviously they, you know, they couldn't dig themselves out of that hole that they had created for themselves in the first half. But they'll be pleased to know that they still remain above the relegation spot due to, you know, Belconnen's loss uh, that will that you'll sort of dissect in a short time. But so for West Canberra, I mean, bit of a, a balancing act, you know, not a great performance on their part, especially when you consider that they're trying to really obviously get themselves as far away from the bottom of the table as possible. But on the flip side of that, results go their way this weekend and they remain above the relegation spot, eighth place, which is currently occupied by Belcon and United, sorry, like I just mentioned. So, you know, and we're going to hear it a lot sort of throughout the podcast, but there's still plenty to play for and things are going to change over the next week. And we're just going to have to wait and see what happens, but it's obviously going to come right down to the wire next weekend. It's going to be absolutely, you know, intense. I think will just be one of the words that you could use to describe the sort of mood for the games next week, especially with the West Canberra's and the Belconnen United's of the world. So, uh, you know, Gungahlin will obviously be very pleased that they were able to put a strong first half like they did together and sort of just take their foot off the pedal in the second half and sort of, you know, just more or less just play with a, a, a sort of mellow groove, just sort of steadying their way through the contest just to sort of see the result out, which they ultimately did. And they kept a clean sheet as well in the process. So I think Marcel will be very happy with that. And I think that, you know, that, they've been in second position now for a while and you know, that that's going to do them obviously some good when it, when it comes to finals time. So, you know, they're, they're not going to have, you know, any teams sort of overlap them given that they've got a five point deficit between themselves and Monaro. So they're in a good position and West Canberra, we'll see what happens with them next week, but they've got to bounce back fast. Uh, what, what do we have next up, Matt? Yeah. And <clears throat> we'll discuss more about, West Canberra Belko's implications a bit later, but Gungarland getting that win also solidifies them in second place, which means that they, um, in a fortnight's time, they have the chance to uh, play Canberra Croatia and the winner of that will go automatically to the final and the loser of that will still get another chance. Um, and obviously if you come third or fourth, uh, it's sudden death. So uh, always um, positive implications when you make that top two. So big win for Gungarland in securing that there. Uh, the other match that you discussed now, Tigers with the big 2-0 victory over Belcon United. Uh, Timotheu and uh, Kofi Danning with the goals here. Tigers opened the scoring after Julian Borgner opened up his bag of tricks with a nice sort of flick over his marker and then essentially, you know, kept it up in the air, touched it twice uh, without uh, putting it on the ground before laying it off to Timotheu, who I believe also hit it first time at the near post in the 13th minute. Uh, Timotheo laid the ball off to Josh Golevsky, who put a nice dink of a ball into the path of Kofi Danning. The pacey veteran held off his marker, ran down the line, uh, ran down the middle of the pitch and released a pass to the keeper, literally at the last moment. 
um, when he attacked uh, using all his um, experience there uh, to double the lead for the Tigers 13 minutes into the second half. This victory for the Tigers means they are they successfully avoid relegation. Uh, being in that relegation battle, there was you know they were only three points behind. Um, if they lost them, uh, they could have been dragged into it. Um, but heading into the final round of the season, they are completely clear of that. They're six points off Belco, who are in bottom. Uh, unfortunately for uh, Ryan Grogan's side, though, they will not be able to make the finals as they are, as they are four points off. Um, the top four with one match remaining. So that isn't a possibility, but Tigers will still be in MPL next season. Belco, on the other hand, had their chances in this match, but they weren't able to get themselves on the score sheet. Michael Zakowski's side uh, were not able to pick themselves up immediately off the bottom of the ladder like the last time that they found themselves in this position a few weeks ago. Um, uh, that we remember, uh, this leaves them in a very tough position, as you mentioned, Michael, uh, to be in last place with one match remaining and one point off the Wanderers. It's essentially a must-win account encounter for the Blue Devils as they face O'Connor. Uh, I guess the issue for Belco is they're facing an O'Connor side that need to win if they want to make the top four. So O'Connor, it's not like O'Connor won't have anything to play for as well heading into that one. And obviously, Belco have it all to play for as well. Uh, due to Belko's goal difference, though, being nine off the Wanderers, it's unlikely that they will go above them if they draw and the Wanderers lose. Uh, so if Belko win and Wanderers win, though, uh, Belko will still be um, relegated uh, due to that point. So despite Zakosti's side needing to get their result, they will need results from the Wanderers to go their way as well. Um so it's all to play for in this final match of the season. Like you said, it's going to be a theme of us in the um, <clears throat> so far in for the rest of the season. Uh, sorry, for the rest of this podcast. Uh, it's, yeah, huge matchup, O'Connor versus Belko uh, on the weekend or, and also uh, the Wanderers match as well. It's going to be absolutely huge and a lot of implications on the line. Absolutely. Massive implications, Matt. That's definitely going to be the theme of this podcast. Next up, we have O'Connor Knights. Matt, a huge, huge win for them against Canberra Croatia, the table toppers. You know, the Knights, you know, they, they came away with this huge victory in the, in what they call sort of the Croatia derby. What's the other sort of name that they've got sort of associated with? Uh, Travabi derby, apparently. Travabi derby. There you go. There you go. So whatever derby, you know, name you, you want to call it, you know, it was... It, it's always an intense match between these two. Uh, so certainly from what we've seen so far this season, when they've come up against each other, the matches have been very intense, high intensity, and both teams have been able to play with sort of a lot of quality. And the difference in this match, Matt, was Michael Adams' goal in the second half there in the 72nd minute. You know, he, he confidently tucked uh, his ball, uh, the ball, sorry, into the far sort of top corner when he got himself one-on-one -on -one with the keeper on a bit of a slight angle, but it was just a great finish uh, uh, sort of across into the top right-hand corner to give O'Connor Knights the the lead in the match. And you could see just how much it meant to them with the celebrations after the goal as well. Not only just what it means, you know, against an opposition like that in a derby, but to also have in the back of your mind the you know, the scenario that's going on at the moment of, you know, trying to make finals football, 
and you know it, it all sort of just came together for them in in that moment in that moment in time that you know to to be able to win a derby and to you know still keep your name in contention for making finals is a is a double win so a huge result for O'Connor Knights I mean for Canberra Croatia I mean in the grand scheme of things it's not it doesn't obviously impact them that much at all apart from just the hurt of losing sort of bragging rights in a derby you know this is only the second time that they've lost all season Matt in 20 games and you know, they're still top of the table, like I mentioned. So not too much to sort of dwell their heads on, especially when you got finals around the corner. And for O'Connor, you know, like I said, Matt, it keeps their finals hopes alive and intact. You know, they they only are off by two points to fourth place Olympic. So next weekend, it, it you know, there are going to be teams there that, that are going to be, you know, concentrating on getting the win themselves, but also you know, hoping that results go in their favour as well. So a lot to play for next week, especially for O'Connor, who, you know, again going into that game against Belconnor United, it, they, they have to put every, absolutely everything into that. And, I mean, it would be a great story for them to, you know, having just been promoted last season to experiencing their first full season back in MPL to reach the finals would be a would be a huge story for them and a huge success for them but it it'll have to depend on obviously that Gungahlin and Olympic result and you just don't know what sort of Gungahlin United team you might get next week Matt because they've obviously cemented second place already so even if you know they lose next week it doesn't really change their stance in the table so they, they might go in there resting some key personnel ahead of finals you just never know what the mindset will be with these teams heading into that last round of the of the MPL. So we're just going to have to wait and see. But a huge, huge win for the O'Connor Knights in, in this match, in the derby. It's exactly what they would have wanted. And, you know, for Canberra Croatia, they'll just, they'll go through the motion until, you know, we reach finals football. They're, they'll, they're still obviously top of the minor premiers already. So not too much for them to, you know, hang their head, heads low on. Yeah, except you don't want to lose a derby at, at any stage. You know, it doesn't matter where you are on the table, obviously. like You want those bragging rights, and I think they'll obviously be disappointed that they weren't able to you know, get the victory in this match. But for O'Connor, it's a huge win, and we'll see what happens next week. Results pending. We'll, we don't know if we'll be you know, saying O'Connor in the finals or if we'll be saying that Olympic are in the finals. So the two O'Connor-based teams as well going at it for that last fourth spot in fo- in finals. So we'll, we'll just have to wait and see what happens, but it's going to be absolutely entertaining. Nevertheless, nevertheless. who have we got next up? Uh, yeah. Next up is one of the teams you mentioned there, Canberra Olympic one nil victory over Monaro Panthers uh, over at Riverside. Olympic went down to 10 men with Nathan magic receiving a red card. It, it appeared the Olympic player caught Zach McLaren with a loose elbow straight red from the ref, Nathan Shakespeare there. Uh, Monaro suffered a setback as they um, gave up a penalty later in that <clears throat> later in that half. Nick Popovich stepped up from the spot and it was brilliantly saved by Jordan Thurtell. The save was held up as it was deemed uh, Thurtell stepped off his line a little bit early, so it needs to be retaken. And then Popovich stepped up again from the spot 
for the second time and scored. Uh, Thurtle did well to essentially, he essentially nearly reached that also. Um, he's having a great season as keeper there. So second time is a charm for Popovich in that scenario. Monaro, of course, went searching for an equalizer uh, throughout the game. Darren Bailey having notice, having a notable chance laid on. Olympic did very well to hang on though, considering that they played with a man down for 60 odd minutes and even uh, two men down uh, for 10 minutes when Daniel Lindstedt was uh, sent to the sin bin. Uh, Monaro were uh, not able to strike. Monaro not being able to strike back means that they miss out on the opportunity to come second, uh, needing to settle for that elimination final spot, third v fourth in a fortnight's time. Uh, this is also Monaro's second consecutive loss after going down 1-0 also last week at home to the Wanderers the week before. Uh, Olympic now go five consecutive games without a loss as they remain in fourth place, heading into that final round. And like you said, Michael, they are currently two points ahead of O'Connor Knights, their O'Connor-based rivals. So the barbecue derby, as uh, everyone likes to call it, one of them will be heading into that fourth spot for final. So all to play for once again in the NPL next week. Michael, what are our last round fixtures? Yeah, so our last round fixtures for round 21 of the NPL campaign, Matt. Kick things off with, you know, the match we've already mentioned already on the show. O'Connor Knights up against Belconnen United, Saturday, September 10th, 3pm at O'Connor Enclosed. Monaro Panthers take on Tigers FC, Saturday, September 10th, 5.45pm at Riverside. Canberra Croatia come up against West Canberra Wanderers in a huge game for the Wanderers. I mean, you know, to be travelling to the table toppers with your season, you know, potentially on the line is a huge task for them. And then lastly, we have Gungahlin United up against Canberra Olympic, who, again, are looking to cement their position in the finals. So that match will take place on Sunday, September 11th, 3pm at AOS Grassfield 2. So some absolute belters, Matt for obviously the last round and we'll see what the finals picture looks like and who's going to be relegated. We'll, we'll know those, you know, we'll know the, the answers to those questions in a week's time. Hello everybody. Welcome back to our MPL section of the show. It is my great pleasure to welcome back Sam Gray. Sam, how's it going? And happy to have you back. Yeah, not too bad, Matt. We're um, kicking along here enjoying life. Yeah. Bit more relaxed than normal with no football on a Sunday. Yeah, I can imagine just having a bit of a break from the outdoor game, but the indoor game, I I've heard from you, is still uh, pretty good with your Wagga futsal. How uh, do you want to plug that a bit? How's that? Yeah, going? look, we're doing really well with Wagga futsal. We we seem to be growing year on year. At the moment, we're just going through with our registrations, and the numbers are growing and growing. We just yeah, look and. The fact that we're never cancelled, it's on rain, hail, 40 degrees, we just keep playing. And I think that's a bonus for everyone. You know, they enjoy it that way. So, yeah, it's good. It's good value. And a lot of the, we find a lot of the MPL players enjoy it during the off season as well. That's awesome. And that's a good segue into our first match. Uh, your old side, Wagga City Wanderers, in their first match of the weekend, uh, going yeah. 3-1 to West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, Colwell, Whitfield and 
a ginger Oliver with the goals for uh, the West Canberra Wanderers and the Wagga City Wanderers. Mitchell was the goal there. West Canberra got themselves back into winning ways at the expense of Wagga. It was a pretty entertaining first half as both sides traded shots on target to try and unlock the deadlock. However, it would not be until the second uh, period of play where we would see the opening goal of the game. West Canberra took the lead through Colwell with some nice build-up play from the visitors to start that second half. Whitfield made it 2-0 just three minutes later. And that saw Wagga really try and turn things around to try and get themselves back in the game. They were uh, able to enjoy a good spell of uh, creating some chances, but all their hard work, unfortunately, for them was unable to pay off yeah. as Ginger Oliver uh, scored the crucial third goal away from home. And what a signing Ginger Oliver has been this season yeah. for West Canberra. Wagga managed to produce a consolation goal uh, just after a minute after conceding to make... Uh, some good work on the effort that they put in towards the game. Sam, it was a bit in this yep. one. What did you make of it? Yeah, look, it was. Um, I thought the first half was very entertaining, to be honest with you. When I sat down to watch it, I thought, yeah, I don't know how this is going to go because Wanderers were really set on. We need to try and get the points here. And they went out and had a, you know, they had a, a good few opportunities. They just couldn't convert. Second half, you know, they conceded an early goal and then the other one and, as you say, Ginger, I've worked with Ginger before at National Futsals. She's a good player, just an all-round good footballer. And her tucking that in, I think that deflated Wagga maybe for a minute or so. But um, Paula Mitchell, who uh, is from Albury, who Wanderers have brought in, it, you know, just I brought her in at the start of the season and she's blossomed there. Um, she's got a fantastic goal. Like, the angle... The goalkeeper, I don't even think, saw it, you know. But when you look at the the product of the Wanderers' play, that they're still missing the cutting edge that we they were missing earlier in the season. And I think until constructively they can find that cutting edge, you know, I think it, it's always going to be challenging. And the Canberra teams, West Canberra came, the desire to win was there in the second half. They have to, you know, obviously the halftime talk has worked wonders for them because they've come out and just stepped it up a gear. And that was an important goal. Uh, sorry, that was an important win for them, considering that we have yeah. they have Gangalan hot on their heels, which is a good sort of segue into this mm. next match, which also has not only top four implications, but maybe league title implications. Yeah. We'll find out. Well, tonight, as of this recording, yes. so they won't be in this. Uh, <laughs> won't be in this uh, episode, but. Gungarland United 2-1 victors over Canberra Olympic. Uh, McGlashan and Wright with the goals for Gungarland. Thornton with the goal for Canberra Olympic. Olympic opened the scoring after 13 minutes when Olivia Fogarty laid the ball off to Michaela Thornton, who proceeded to beat her marker, run straight down the centre of the pitch and uh, hit a, bla- a, cracking of a, sh- a cracker of a shot just outside the box, leaving it relatively too quick of a shot for Kaylee Tanini to react yeah. to. Uh, Gungarland equalized uh, to make it 1-1. 16 minutes later, a corner was whipped in and Michelle Heyman headed it at goal. The rebound off a deflection um, and then it was headed home by McGlashan who got onto that rebound. When it looked like the game was going to be heading into stoppage time all level in the 88th minute, Gungarland took the lead. Michelle Heyman was just in front of halfway and she put an absolutely terrific through ball. Uh, to Olympic to the Olympic midfield, uh, sorry, through the Olympic mid- midfield, which Kayla Wright ran onto and nicely placed her past the keeper to seal the win 2 1. Now, what this means 
for um, the implications on the ladder. Olympic conceding last minute, it means it may have dashed their hopes mm. of claiming the league title. Canberra Croatia still remain two points ahead, uh, but their match with Wanderers, as I mentioned just before, will be tonight. So by the time this goes out, people will know what that means. If Croatia claim victory, they will be five points ahead with one match to go, meaning they will have won the league title uh, Monday night. Uh, considering it's out of their hands now for Olympic, I'm sure they'll look to finish the uh, season as strong as possible next week, regardless uh, what the score is, as they need that momentum to head into that uh, huge match with Croatia for an automatic spot in the grand final up for grabs. In terms of Gungahlin United, though, huge victory for them as it keeps their hopes of making the top four alive. They're currently in fifth place with three points behind West Canberra Wanderers. Um and the Wanderers are still to play Croatia, as I mentioned, um, tonight slash Monday. So we so uh, we will know uh, whether uh, next week's matches will determine the final place. Uh, Sam, there's a bit in this one. Uh, there so is a bit in it, yeah. Olymp- after, after you um, talk about the game, can you just talk a bit about Olympic and what that might mean for their league title hopes? And then Gungahlin uh, have been... Absolutely on fire since Andrew. Oh, yeah. Look, the, the difference in Gungalan since Andrew went in there has been, you know, it took him a couple of weeks to find his feet and set on how the style he wanted to play. But the game yesterday, I saw much more of Gungalan than I th- thought we saw earlier in the season. Good, controlled possession, trying to create opportunities. And honestly, I thought there was only one team going to get the, the winner. Yesterday, and it would it was Gungallon Olympic. They've been fantastic all season. A huge turnaround for them, and I think they may just have hit the a little wall that they're trying to get through again. And it's going to be harder for them with Michaela Thornton going overseas to play futsal, and of course Gungallon will lose the Demarco girls as well. So there's a bit to consider there. But on the balance of play yesterday, I thought it was pretty even. But if you take your chances, you get points, don't you? And the, the finish to win it, you know, that she just took one step and just placed it. And it was really good. It's good for them to do that, Gungallon. They had a sticky start to the season. And to see them rebuild and come back, pretty similar to Wanderers here. We mentioned the Wanderers, uh, but it is Wagga City Wanderers who were once again in action to... Essentially, that first match was a a, a replay. It was match. a rescheduled match from earlier in the year when it rained. That's it, and it, and it makes sense, right? Because being you know Wagga being a couple of hours away, it makes sense to sort of play the yep. rematch on the weekend. And they were, they were already in Wagga on the weekend for this yep. Belco match, so it makes sense to play back to back. Because otherwise, then I'm as you've yeah. been in that situation, it becomes a bit sticky, doesn't it? When you're trying to yeah. reschedule yeah. a match midweek, and the game rescheduling a game midweek yeah. can be very challenging and yeah. if Wagga are traveling to Canberra it's difficult yeah but even more so with the Canberra girls coming here yeah you know they have to get the afternoon off work to come yeah. our girls the Wagga girls you know some of them are coming from Albury some of them are coming from Forbes so there's more travel involved so the double header was good for the club at the weekend I felt I felt that Wagga had it pretty well organized and it, it seemed to go pretty well for them on Sunday, I was amazed at how well he played against Belconnen. You know, and when it got to half time, I was intrigued to see that they hadn't had a shot on goal. But as it moved into the second half, you know, and they, they seemed to grow in confidence again. Uh, Belconnen's goals kind of 
Yeah, look, they were the first one early on probably settled them and they were able to control the game. Getting the second goal, maybe they took the foot off a little bit because the last 20 minutes, Wanderers seemed to push forward quite a bit. It was a good game and all up, a, a draw would probably have been a fair result and it would have been a great result for Wagga to get the draw, but Belconnen and Scott's done well there. He's kept them going and they've got the the points in the bag that will help them through, you know, their confidence will rise from that as well. It certainly will. And those goals were from uh, Cochrane from Wagga City Wanderers and Matsis and the captain Backhouse with the goals for Belko. We've talked about it before. Belko pretty much solidified mm. in that third spot with 40 points, I believe, when I yeah. saw the ladder last. Uh, last up in terms of, uh, this week, we have Canberra United Academy 0-0 with Tugger and United. A bit of a duel at Hawker Football Centre. Uh, with this 0-0 draw actually only being the second goalless draw in the competition this yeah. season. Uh, when, when you think about that, it's a bit astonishing considering we did have a 21-round season. And uh, if we were to look back through uh, back through the last two seasons, there were probably more 0-0 draws in mm. the previous two considering even though they were shortened seasons, which is yeah. interesting to... Yeah. Which is a bit interesting. It's interesting at it. the level the girls can play at now, where they are. Yeah, you know they're they're now starting to understand each other's game a lot more. And like Canberra United and and Tuggernong, they've kind of gone opposite ways this season. Canberra United seem to have dropped a little bit after a really good start to the season, and Tuggernong they seem to have grown in confidence as it's gone on. And there's been a a couple of games where they've gone one goal down and kind of dropped. And then in other games, they've gone a goal down against Croatia last week and bounced back. And honestly, it, Croatia would have been victims of their own success because they dominated the game, didn't put any chances away. And you could see the frustration telling on them. So Fair play to, to Paolo and Tuggernong. They, they have grown this year. Uh, they certainly have, and uh, this is their fourth draw of the season. Uh, once again, we've talked, and you've mentioned it there, the growth of this side under Paolo Romero. They've finished higher than they have uh, last season, more accumulated points, more wins. Uh, and like you mentioned there, not to mention uh, drawing with um, Canberra Croatia, which mm. not many clubs have done this season. I think only Olympic have. Um, so heaps to build on there for Tuggies moving forward. Four clean sheets as well for Tuggies. Yep, so they've... they've uh, the bonus with when they brought Sammy across from Wanderers. Oh, yeah. Um, she's given them that last line. But the girls in front of her have done a sterling job to, to limit the opportunities in some games. The game they played here uh, when Tuggernong beat Wagga, I think it was 5-0. The one you commented. Yeah, it was 5-0. And, and Tuggernong, it, it wasn't a result that was expected, I don't think. You know, I, I was there obviously commentating on it. And I was quite impressed with the way they played. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point. I remember one specific match I commentated on against, I think it was against Gungal and they lost three, one, but Mm. to be fair to them, they were, they probably felt like they should have came out with that. Yeah. Not, not losing by that much, or they probably felt like they, they did enough for a draw as well. They, um, so that was just one specific match. I remember commentating on where Tuggies, uh, did really well, and that was Gungalan, obviously a team with momentum at that point. Uh, regarding the CUA, though, they sit in sixth place, 18 points, no chance of them making finals. Uh, but uh, this is sort of a continuation of positive results for them 
uh, after last week's win, considering before that they lost three or four on the trot mm. or something like that, I believe. So turning around near the end of the season for them. Um, regarding the matches next week, we've got Belk, Connor United against West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, September 10th, 3 p.m. at McKellar Park. We've got Gungahlin United against Canberra Croatia. That should be a good one. Saturday, September 10th, 3 p.m. at Gungahlin enclosed. Canberra Olympic versus Canberra United Academy, Sunday, September 11th, 2.30 p.m. at O'Connor enclosed. And we've got Tyrone United against Wagga City Wanderers, Sunday, September 11th, 3 p.m. at Canberra 201. Um, Sam, which of these matches stand out to you um, in this uh, last uh, round of matches? I, I'll be honest with you. I'd like to... I, I think the Croatia game, you know, they're going there. They've got... They may well have the title sewn up by then. It's yeah. going to be challenging for them if they don't. Tonight's game will be really difficult for them because of results that they've had so far I don't really they're always good to watch aren't they they're, they're just good to watch and Olympic are the same like Olympics game will be good this weekend all the games are eminently watchable which I think is good for the growth of the competition and if we think about that where we've come from over the past four years that I've been involved with it I think the competition's grown exponentially and it's just continued to grow uh, probably the yeah you Belcon and West Canberra will be a good game as well. So Gungallen and Croatia, two good games there, and it'll be interesting to see how Wagga City Wanderers do away at Tuggeranong. I know their season has improved over the last six or seven weeks. The results have become a lot closer. A very young side. Rob Tux has done a good job with that young side. He's nurtured them very well. Um, it'd be interesting to see how they finish off the season, considering the last few. All the games will be good, and that can only be good for our game, to be honest with you, Matt. As we go forward, whatever happens at the end of the season, whatever decisions are taken, I think the women's game's in good hands with the coaches and the teams that are there. They certainly are. And what do you think about that? Before we head off, last uh, question from me. What do you think about the um, that? top four battle between Bengal yeah. and West Canberra. What do you think it'll come down to? Oh, I, I reckon Gungallen losing the DeMarcos may be the turning point. They are two big players, but they'll bring... So Piper Lockley will come in, I would imagine, and start this week. Um, different style of player, you know. I don't know. I, I really think that could be the, the mix for them. An Olympic... With Michaela going as well, they can cover that. They've got a really good in-depth squad, whereas Gungallen are trying to nurture the younger players as they come through. So I think that might be the difference. And it, of course, a lot will depend on tonight's result. Because if so, Croatia win tonight, I'm not saying that they will take the foot off, but, you know, party time. So I don't know. Yeah, well, and that's and and, and, and that's the thing, right? It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, that is 7.45... Monday night, Tuesday, when this comes out, just to remind people if they get yeah. a bit confused with that. Uh, Sam, thank you so much for no joining worries. me. Um, any last words before you head off? Yeah, look, everyone's been really great this season. When I left Wanderers, the phone calls and the comments that were made, but I think the growth of football for females in our region can only continue the way it's gone. So let's see if we can get some more teams involved and start to grow the game again. 
Now, moving on to CPL action, Matt, we kick things off with Wagga City Wanderers up against the newly promoted Tuggeranong United, but the away side, Tuggeranong, Matt, they were just too good on this occasion. 6-1 winners in this one, so a quite emphatic victory away from home. Haidu grabbed a double, Walker, Hislop, and Richards also grabbed a double for the visiting outfit, and Kadzola got on the score sheet for Wagga in this one. You know, in typical Tuggers fashion, you know, they began the match with, you know, an early flurry of, you know, scoring two goals in the opening 20 minutes through Haju Brace and, you know, then two more to, to round off, you know, the half from some from Walker, sorry, and Hislop. You know, Walker's goal is his 19th of the campaign, Matt. We've been talking about him pretty much every week because he's always on the score sheet. So, you know, 19th goal of the CPL campaign is a an amazing feat. So well done to him for just being able to find that knack of finding the back of the net. You know, Wagga got off to a better start, you know, in the second second stanza. You know, they scored through Kadzola to make good on their sort of start to the second half. You know, they, they weren't able to hold out, you know, Tuggeranong for much longer after that as Richards, you know, scored twice in quick succession to obviously give Tuggeranong six goals in this match. And that was their scoring done for the evening. You know, Tuggies, you know, they continued some good form as they, you know, head, head into the final series as league champions. And, you know, they're obviously promoted to NPL next season. You know, Wagga's loss, Matt, could prove to be very costly for them as they drop out of the top four and, and uh, obviously now behind Brindies and White Eagles on goal difference. So we were t- talking about it off air, but there's three teams in there now that are, on 28 points, which just goes to show how tight and competitive things are in CPL. You've got Brindies, Eagles, and Wagga all on 28 points there. So a lot to play for. Things are very, very tight between all of those teams to try and sneak their way into the top four. So we'll have to wait and see what happens. All to play for in the last round of the CPL season next weekend. It's going to be thoroughly entertaining to say the least. So we'll just have to wait and see until that time arises. And we'll have a look at sort of where teams finish up as much, you know, pretty much to, to what I was talking about with MPL. We'll, we'll know, you know, who's going to be in the top four and who's going to be relegated. Uh, obviously the, the same thing applies here in terms of, determining what the top four will look like. And with those three teams on 28 points, I mean, it's anyone's grab there. So obviously there's only one spot between those three teams. So all to play for next weekend in this one. But our next match, Matt, was a crucial win for another one of those teams that I just mentioned on 28 points. It certainly was. It was a crucial win for the Brindies. 1-0 over Ugali. Brindies took the lead through target man Curtis Schaefer in the 19th minute. This is Schaefer's eighth goal of the CPL campaign and it ended up being the match-winning goal for the Brindies. It was an important goal as it sealed uh, um, them a victory that keeps them in contention for that final spot in the top four and finals. They are tied on 28 points, like you mentioned, with Wagga and White Eagles. They are ahead of uh, Wagga on goal difference by nine, by plus nine on them. 
Uh, but they're behind White Eagles by 19. So safe to say, if Brindis or Wagga are to make the finals, um, it won't be by goal difference uh, with one match remaining. Uh, and funnily enough, Brindis do play against Wagga this weekend and both sides need a victory if either of them want to make the top four. However, it might not be enough if White Eagles um, also win. So it will need to be down to the wire on Saturday, all to play for. And of course, if all three of them draw, then White Eagles will still go ahead as well because of the goal difference. So all to play for there. Ugali are hot off the heels of of their first winning four matches last week, but were not able to take away the points in this trip. As mentioned before, Ugali won't be able to go um, further up the table uh, next week. So their last game of the season... um, They'll be looking to finish as strongly as possible and um, they'll be looking to make it tough for Queenland and they'll see if they can try and take a scalp of one of the top teams in the comp, which they have made it hard for a lot of the top teams to go there this season. So that should be another interesting match over at Solar Mad Stadium in Griffith. Who do do we have next? A similar, actually, the club I just talked about then. Yeah, exactly right, Matt. We've got Queenland City who... Ended up getting a tight victory against Western Malongolo, 3-2 in this encounter. It was Sellers with a double and Cole Bataldo with the goal there for Queanbeyan City and Lemishane and Paget with the goals for the visiting side, Western Malongolo. Uh, Sellers, like I just said, he scored a double, but his first one came in the 23rd minute and then he doubled his tally 14 minutes later to give his side a strong start to the matchup you know, for their last home match of the season. So they obviously wanted to put a show on for the fans in this one. And, you know, but in saying that Western were not going to give in and, you know, they, they took on that two goal deficit and they struck back with two goals, you know, right before half time. So it looked like at one stage, they were probably going to go into the sheds at two nil down, but they produced sort of two goals there in the space of, you know, quick succession and they found themselves going into the sheds at two all, which is, which just goes to show how crazy this league is and anything can change at any given moment. But sort of coming out of that break, Queanbeyan combated the momentum, you know, Western took from that half time, you know, by coming out and they, they took the lead, you know, one minute into the second half. So they, they didn't certainly play around and dwell on what had happened on the end, at the end of the first half, the strike was through, uh, Dylan Colbertaldo, you know, his first goal of the season was a crucial one as it obviously proved to be the difference and got them the win in this game. You know, Western, once again, they had another competitive matchup and brought themselves, you know, up a level after being sort of two goals down to get themselves back into it. You know, that I think they proved, you know, obviously not only to us, but to a lot of people around that CPL competition, you know, that they were able to put on some great performances near the end of the season. They've been actually really, really positive performances that they've been able to put on the pitch over the sort past sort of four weeks. So good on Western Malongolo, especially given sort of how difficult the majority of their season has been. Uh, what this result means uh, for both sides is, you know, Queanbeyan, they retook second place over ANU with this victory, which we'll get into, which you'll get into shortly, Matt, with our next breakdown. And but in the meantime, you know, Queenbeyan, they're one point ahead of, you know, the the university side as things stand. So second place is important as it, you know, places you with a chance to immediately immediately make the 
the final in the semi-final. And, you know, if you lose, it gives you that second chance, like we were just talking about before with the implications of the top four for MPL football. So there's a lot to play for in that regard, especially between sort of Queen and ANU as they look to battle it out for second place. But it's going to be an absolute cracker in that last round of fixtures. Matt, who have we got that was our last match for CPL uh, this weekend before we go into the fixtures? Our last match was ANU against Canberra White Eagles. Always a hotly contested match. This one, ANU opened strongly as they scored in the third minute of the match. Um, as a corner was whipped in and Rory Spears leapt highest for a neat header at the near post. Chase Dean scored his 14th goal of the season to make it 2-0. 16 minutes later, as he ran down and pressured the keeper as the keeper received the ball from a back pass, won it um, and placed it in the back of the net. 10 minutes later, White Eagles half the deficit when a corner was put in. ANU went to clear it with a header. However, the connection went backwards into the vicinity of Asikia, who leapt highest to push a header into the back of the net. Dion Santrak uh, struck the equalizer just before halftime with an absolutely outstanding bullet of a free kick that soared into the top right corner. ANU still remain undefeated in eight games. However, their seven-match win streak is over. The draw means that they drop behind Queenian into third place, trailing by one point meaning that even if ANU wins next week, make it into second that yeah, make it into second will be out of their hands as it as they will need to rely on Queenbian either to lose or get a draw if they are able to win. Um White Eagles claimed a crucial point as they return to the top four on goal difference uh, with 28 points. Uh, they're tied with Brindies and Wagga on points, as we mentioned. However, their goal difference, like I mentioned before, significantly better. 19 over the Brindies and 28 over Wagga City. So, once again, safe to say if it comes down to goal difference, White Eagles more than likely have that fourth spot. However, with the Eagles taking on Tuggies and uh, Brindies against, and the Brindies uh, take on Wagga, um, who knows what will happen? It's it, You couldn't write it better. It's just all to play for at the moment, um, all to play for this weekend. It should be an absolutely fascinating final round. And Michael, what are those matches? Well, we kick things off with Yulgali versus Queanbeyan City, Matt. Saturday, September 10th, 1.30pm at Solomad Stadium there. Next, we have Wagga City Wanderers up against Brindabella Brews. Like you said, both teams on the same amount of points there, looking to get into the top four. So that's going to be an absolutely cracking match. Saturday, September 10th, 2.15 at Gissing Oval, followed by Canberra White Eagles up against Tuggeranong United. Big, big game for White Eagles in this case. Even though they're in fourth spot on goal difference, you know, Tuggeranong United at the top of the league and they need a result. They need a result big time in this one. It is, and that match will take place on Saturday, September 10th, 3 p.m. at Woden Park enclosed. And lastly, we have Western Molongolo playing host to ANU Saturday, September 10th, 3 p.m. at Melrose Synthetic. So some absolutely cracking matches. And next week, next episode, we'll know who's in the top four and we'll know, you know, a, a plenty, sort of a lot more 
in terms of, you know, who's going to be in the top four and what the matchups are going to look like. And I can't wait to sort of break it down because a lot's going to happen between now and all the games next weekend. And there's a lot riding, obviously, Matt, for a lot of different teams. And it's such a crucial part in the season that they put their best performances together in order to accomplish, you know, finals football. And it's going to be absolutely amazing. Some great games out there. So, I mean, we always encourage people to sort of get out there and watch get, watch different games uh, across the different leagues. If you find yourself, you know, sitting around wanting to go watch a game of football, I mean, this is probably the weekend that you want to go and do it because there's so much riding on a lot of teams and there's a lot to play for. There's a lot at stake. And all I can say is just head out to a game. It's going to be sensational. Yeah, and um, if you know anyone that isn't in the uh, the senior leagues, there's always a whole bunch of other games. I went to a, a under-18s uh, Div 2 semi-final on the weekend. Eddie's v. Maris, that, uh, that uh, heated, that's, that's heated rivalry. The... Um, yeah, someone from Olympic was also there scouting some players, a certain someone. Uh, shout out to him. Uh, but uh, yeah, look, it was um, interesting to see. Obviously, I went to Eddie, so it was... Uh, Good to go back and uh, see that match. Um, Morris have always been better than Eddie's in, in terms of football, nine times out of 10 anyway. Um, yeah. But uh, Eddie's were able to get the win on that one. And my brother is the coach of that team. So it was good to get out and see. Um, Beautiful. See, it was good to go out and see, uh, um, you know, some of the other football. Good to see in state league finals just wrapped up. I saw then uh, next week, we'll most likely have uh, Chris Webb on the show and he'll break down everything that happened in that state league final. I saw Ned Jeans was um, posting the um, penalty shootout for that final. So we'll uh, uh, live, um, he live um, streamed it on his phone. So uh, we'll get all into that final uh, most likely next week with Webby on the show as he wraps up CPL. um, And we still don't know what that means in terms of who's going to come up or who's going to go down. We won't know, but all we know is despite, like you said, all any all the teams can do is just put in their best performance to try and get the results. Except there will be heartbreak for someone as yeah. relegation or missing out on the finals will be up for grabs per se. So one last time, it's all to play for. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Michael. Once again, good show. Round twenty one next week. That was episode sixty six, the Canberra Football Show. We'll be back next week to break down all the final rounds action right before the finals. Thank you, everybody.